from RTE Brainstorm, why do some ads follow me around online? Our online activity is monitored and monetized by marketers who deliberately make it difficult for us to stop being tracked. By Jennifer Edmund, TCD and Irish Research Council. We have all probably clicked on something late at night on our phones and forgotten about it entirely, until we spotted an ad for it on a laptop screen the next day. This happens, of course, because we accepted cookie tracking at some point, which allowed our browsing activity to be monitored and used by marketers. Many of us do it almost obliviously, a reflex to get rid of an annoying banner or a pop-up notice. European regulation now requires sites to provide a clear opt-out, but most internet users will be aware of how difficult it can be to use that option. Some of the worst practices include unlabeled slider buttons that make it hard to know if your cookie settings are on or off. Reversing left and right sliders and grey buttons to indicate on may even mislead some into selecting a different option than intended. Another common tactic is the visual demotion of the object to reject cookies, presenting it in tiny writing, for example, under a big attractive green button to accept. Then there are the multiple layers to be navigated through before even finding your options, and the round robin of policies cookie policy, privacy policy, terms of service, that lead to no obvious way of declining. What else? Oh yes, the Save My Choices button that comes up below your phone's navigation menu and therefore, conveniently, can't be pressed. Oh, and the default opt-in cookies for legitimate purposes, no matter your global settings, without any definition of what is legitimate or why. A lot of these signals actively hack our cultural norms. Green means go, and the prominent thing is the important thing, right? So of course, we get confused by them. That's their intention. Perhaps most infuriating of all are the references back to your browser saying you need to change your settings there to block cookies. In other words, it's the user who's left responsible for ensuring their own privacy, assuming they can even navigate the software they use. Why should the onus be on individuals to dig into a possibly very unfamiliar system in order to prevent a company from collecting information on them? or, to put it more pointedly, from infringing on their legal rights. It's the technological equivalent of saying you should have locked your door if you didn't want to be burgled. It may perhaps be easy to excuse each of these examples as an oversight or ill-thought-through design decision made by the company whose website you're visiting. In fact, the story is probably a bit more sinister. This is in part because many of the websites you're using are not designed or delivered by the companies you use and trust, but by specialists with a sideline in gathering and delivering your data. 
dig into the terms and conditions and you'll often find that there are more than two of you in your relationship with a given online shopping or information source. There's a growing movement now against these sorts of tactics. With the Vienna-based privacy rights group NOYB, none of your business, recently issuing 560 draft complaints to companies it says are using unlawful cookie banners. The group, led by Austrian lawyer activist Max Schrems, has given sites one month to comply with EU regulation before submitting formal complaints. It points to statistics suggesting that only 3% of users actually want to agree to cookies, while more than 90% end up getting directed into accepting them. We often talk about hostile design in the non-virtual world, where public space is narrowed by such things as bench dividers or window ledge spikes, a design often aimed at keeping homeless people from sleeping in certain areas. But the same term could be used to describe consent screens, especially on mobile devices that work to restrict our options, conditioning behaviour in ways that benefit wider power structures. Taking time to read the small print can make for an eye-opening experience, as I discovered trying to get Wi-Fi away from home a while ago. My accustomed working spot had only recently changed their free Wi-Fi provider and users were being asked to agree that their data be used as the company deemed necessary or appropriate. This same privacy policy stated that passengers who accessed a social network were allowing both the location and its third-party supplier to validate their user identity and collect information about the provided account. Users also had to accept that their data could be passed to non-EU countries with less privacy protection, circumventing GDPR rules, in other words. The emphasis on such services being free of charge is a misnomer, because there's a cost in terms of access to data, if not in money. Midway through the document was a request that passengers carefully read the policy and terms of service. But we're not in fact meant to read these documents, nor do they actually function as contracts. Indeed, on closer inspection, I found multiple typos in these documents, telling me that not even the provider had read them. We are conditioned to think of these as contracts. But there's no negotiation here, like we would expect to find when we buy a house. We have to take or leave them. As Brett Frischman and Evan Selinger argue in their 2018 book, Reengineering Humanity, electronic contracts are often designed to make signees act in predictable ways, nudging them to become simple stimulus response machines. We might assume contracts are good for consumers, but in digital environments, they might in fact work against our interests. What did I take from that episode trying to decide whether to say yes to the Wi-Fi link? Well, not only was I not supposed to read this privacy policy, but my trusted local provider was probably not meant to either. The terms and conditions were much more about their provider's rights to reuse data than mine or my local hot desk. How many of the companies targeted by NOYB, I wonder, actually understand the implications of their own policy documents. 
there was only one solution for me at the time. Getting out my Wi-Fi dongle and clicking decline. Discover more at rte.ie forward slash brainstorm. RTE Brainstorm is produced by RTE in conjunction with UCC, NUI Galway, University of Limerick, Maynooth University, DCU, TU Dublin, the Irish Research Council and Chagask. <laughs>